Here's our intro. All right, hello and welcome to D&D Valiant Odyssey, a live play podcast played by a group of friends with nothing better to do. Um, we're here with our newest recruits of heroes up for the second episode in their adventure. So we're going to kick right into it. Okay. So we cut in on our players having just left the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild in Cadmia. As they make their way down through the North Ward of the city and down through the trade wards, their destination in mind to find a contact by the name of Tazenless, a gentleman who is the captain of the eye catcher that is docked in the dock ward of the city. A man who has his finger in every pie, a man who should give them information as to the whereabouts of an iron box that contains an artifact of great power that they have set to retrieve for the staff mage. As we cut in on our party, you watch as they begin walking through the North Ward in a southerly direction. And as you begin making your way down, I'd like you all to make a survival check, please. Power Rod with advantage. And Thorzite is with you also. Halrod, you're taking the lead on this juncture, having been in the city for the longest. And as you begin making your way and weaving through the different buildings, your companions following you, uh, thaws out towards the back to make sure that the two criminals within your party don't escape. You begin sort of weaving through and under yet another statue within the city. A statue you see of a man on sort of one leg that seems to be posing with a spear pointing down towards the ground. You can see he's got this long hair that's frozen in time as if he's sort of thrusting forward. As you begin making your way down and past this um, individual, you guys see a noticeable change in architecture as you move from the castle ward and into the dock ward. You can see the stone masonry of the building seems to swap into a wooden shack shanty town. And you can see that the roads are no longer cobblestone, but are more like a mud brick in places and sometimes even just muddy streets. The smell seems to hit you just as quickly as you enter this area as well. The smell of unwashed people. Uh, you can see the clientele in this area as well as definitely more lower class in terms of their their raggediness. Um, you can see more people on the streets in terms of performers as well as beggars, as well as people in, sh- in the shadows sort of over a fire bin in this sort of area. You can see as you walk past a gentleman gets pushed out of a window of a tavern and smashes right in front of you and you, Halrod, sort of step by it um, being not an uncommon sight, but to the rest of you sort of new, you sort of look at it like, you're in a different part of town. You also begin to smell uh, fish and the smell of the harbour that you can see in the distance. And like clouds moving across the sky, you see these white sails that seem to billow in the distance as the call of seagulls meets your ear. You can hear the sounds from the raucous taverns around you. And there appears to be many, many taverns in this area. And you also see people moving shipments off of boats using arcane means, but as well as mechanical means like big mechanical crates moving shipping containers off from the docks in the area. You hear a call from a sailor beckoning people over. It's a very busy working ward, but it is also quite a disadvantaged ward. As you begin making your way towards the hanged man, the tavern at which 
you were told to meet one of Tenzin's lackeys. I'd like you to all to roll a perception check, please. Around the table, what do we get? Mr. Felix. 24. That was perception, yeah? Yep. Uh, 22. 13. So you're you're sort of taking in your surroundings, Halrod, trying to keep the party as safe as you can in terms of the rough housing of this this district sort of not impeding on on these guys and trying not to get them into another fight because that's the last thing that you need. That's what your attention is taken up on. Key and uh, Felix, you guys scan the area and you can see many taverns, a lot of them nautical themed, but across in the distance, past and down one of the alleyways, across one of the dockways, you do see what looks like a sign uh, with writing on it that you don't make out from your distance, but you do see a, a long piece of rope that seems to be tied into a noose and that sort of gives you a general direction like a lead almost as you look Korgar you can see the same sign that Key and Felix see but as you look towards one of the rooftops for a split second you also see what looks like a hooded figure just sort of ducked down out of your view all you see is shoulders and head but it ducks down unable to deter any sort of features from the face but they did seem to be looking in your direction as the sun of the early morning beats down on your cobalt blue scales. You also seem to be gathering a lot of attention, but you do sort of feel this eerie feeling like you'd been watched. What would you guys like to do? It's like, uh, I think that's the heaven we're looking for down this baby looking Alleyway. Did Noose give it away? No, no, it was the sign. Hey, that's, that, that's the way down that way. Keep your heads down. The dock wards aren't exactly a friendly place. I agree. We should keep a low profile. Let's go inside the tavern. Try to remain inconspicuous. I recommend that we use aliases rather than our names. Unfortunately, that won't work for me. That's fine. We can enter the, the building um, one at a time. Maybe within five minute intervals. It looks like we didn't travel together. Do you remember my alias? Say it out loud. Uh, Just call me Jonah. I will be Ixorf. Ixorf. You hear Thorzite. That is a horrible name. Why don't you try something less memorable like... Tim. Perfect. (laughs) Tim. Tim Perfect. Okay. You all look towards Halrod. Everybody knows you here, don't they, Halrod? A little bit. Well, I'm inconspicuous and I don't really give my name, so you all slowly look towards Korgarth, the most conspicuous conspicuous member of your party. Seeing as though I uh, already know I'm the uh, most odd one out here, I think it would be best if I wait outside. Well, that is a plan. Do you have a cloak? I think I'm going to wait on the rooftops just across the road just in case anything happens also you stay with him make sure nothing gets him onto what happens I can do that I don't, um, I don't think the little the little garden gnome's going to be able to go where I go I can do things you just wait and see he hasn't really shown that he can do much to you failing that just pick him up and throw with consent as you say that you watch as Korgar begins moving away from the party in the direction he indicated and you watch as Thorzite follows, leaving the three of you about a hundred or so feet away from the sign that you had witnessed before. 
You watch as people of varying races move across your path. You're in the middle of a busy uh, street at the moment. And as you look down the alleyway, less busy, you do see a, a gentleman sort of laid down against a barrel. And within the tavern, you can hear the sounds of a melodic music coming from in the distance. I'll start just jauntily skipping down the pathway to the tavern. All right. You begin skipping down the pathway and you do catch some eyes as you go. Uh, you watch as you skip and bump into uh, two gentlemen that seems to be carrying a barrel's worth of fish and you watch as some of them spill over and they say, look out where you're going. And ah, I'm so sorry. My name's Tim, by the way. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> and they continue past their way. Um, and you begin making your way towards the door of the tavern. As you get there, you can see that up close now, the sign says the hanged man and you can see the noose sort of falling down below the sign and to your perceptive nose and eyes, you can see that that noose is actually stained a brownie red towards the bottom of that loop on the rope. You look at it and think, yeah, it's probably a decoration, but uh, maybe not. Ah, creepy. And I move in. And you move in, and as you move in, you watch as the door creaks open. <coughs> and Key and Halrod, he is out of sight. Suppose we best wait for a couple of seconds before one of us goes again. I think you should go next. It would look a bit strange if one tabaxi, two tabaxi goes in. I help all women. All right, you watch as Halrod moves past, enters the tavern. You watch as you pass the gentleman leaning up against the, the barrel, he holds out a hand, just presumptuously, and it hits your shin as you begin to walk by. And as you look at him, he looks up with dull eyes and just gestures back to his hand. I take pity on the man and I drop a coin into his hand. He takes it and gives you a nod. And I continue on towards the tavern. All right. Um, I take my time. I wait. Uh, as um, about five minutes transpires, I uh, start making my way. But before I do, I try to identify what's what figures, what personnel are on the way to the door. All right. Roll a perception check, please. 19. As you scope this area, just leaned up against one of the poles on one of these sort of lean-to drying racks for lots and lots of fish, the scent hits your nose and you sort of look at the clientele coming and going from the bar. You can see a lot of them seem to be sailing folk, most of them working class, not a lot of females moving in and out of this uh, taverned area and nobody that seems to be holding anything valuable. Halrod probably had the most valuable stuff on him in terms of armor and weaponry people that leave seem to be drunkenly doing so and sort of stumbling down the street pushing each other into various different areas it seems like a jolly vibe that you're getting um but you're still cautious during that perception check as well uh you would also note the position that Halrod, i'm oh, sorry Korgar had taken up uh which we'll cut to now uh Korgar, you move your way across the street as this is transpiring down below uh, what would you like to do? Finding a reasonable access to the roofs, I jump up on a ledge and then sort of leap, grabbing the roof, pulling myself up. As you do that, leaving the gnomish companion behind you, you watch as he looks up at you and does that signal that babies do when they want to get lifted up <laughs> with both hands sort of clasping. And he says, I'm, I might need a hand or a tail. You've got one. Do you have a tail? No. No, I do not have Well, a hand will do. Or a rope. Got a rope? Hold on. As I dig for a rope in my 
pack, I gently lower it down just an inch above the gnome's reach, <laughs> toying with him shortly. You watch as he jumps up to try and get it, and as you do, you sort of pull it away from him. And he just sort of puts his hand on the hip to look at you over his eyebrows as if to say, are you fucking serious? Gee, Key never told me about garden gnome fish. This is interesting. You're a horrible fisherman. You won't catch anything this way. Not even kindness. The key is just to toy with him just a little bit. I'll lower the rope down so he can grab it. He grabs it and as he does, you give it a hefty yank and he just <laughs> zooms straight up and is like, lands up on the roof beside you, dusts off his vest. All right, so what exactly are we looking for up here? It'd be good to get a lay of the land, get eyes on this ship, this eye catcher with the rose sails. Well, the dock's that way. He points behind you. Shall we? Roll a perception check. Beautiful. Uh, as you look around, you you picture it immediately amongst the sails of white in the harbour, some brown and, and varying in age. Off the harbour itself in the actual bay, uh, you can see probably about not quite a kilometre off in the distance. You can see just a anchored ship that seems to have a pink sail with a rose emblazoned upon it. And there are two ships that seem to be next to it that have smaller roses upon their uh, their sails as well. Not docked, but you do see them in the harbour. Keep an eye on that ship, little man. Let me know if there's any movement. Look down at the entrance to the tavern, just scoping the rooftop from time to time as if looking for something. All right. He watches Thor's out, reaches into his pack, and his pack that he'd brought along is bigger than him, and he, as he dives into it, his legs come off the ground, and he pulls out this telescopic uh, thing, and he, he says, all right, and his eye is massive through the end of it. But he just stations himself and is looking that way. As he does so, he looks up at you and he says, you know, this is a job Harold gets me to do all the time. I think he knows that I'm good at looking for things. I hope you're good at fighting too, because we're going to be testing that today. What? Of course. Like, I'm the best fighter. That's Arden thinks that I'm one of the quickest and the best. Yet to be determined. But you will get your chance, little one. Well, let's just say that if anything comes out of that ship, you'll be the first to know. Thank you. And as this conversation goes on, you do see Korgar perched up on the the roof of an adjacent building. And he seems to be just scanning the area uh, key as you make your entrance. He doesn't see me on the ground? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, he, he knows where your position was. Yeah. So, All right, so I start making my way downtown. <laughs> and um, I make an effort to avoid everybody by um, predicting where they're going to be walking, ensure that I don't brush against anyone or anything. Sticking to shadows um, as I make my way to the um, yep. to the tavern door. Roll a stealth check for me. Is that a one? No, it's one better than a one. So it's a total of eight. All right. So you do quietly, as you perceive it, make your way into the tavern. We cut to Felix. Having entered the tavern first, you see it in its splendor. You can see on... The roof, hanging from the roof, you can see a variety of different uh, kegs sort of swinging off of the roof. You can see what looks like canvas sort of drapes that seem to be tying those uh, kegs together. And you can see that uh, the taps seem to be running off of those kegs and back behind a bar, which you can see directly ahead of you. There's tables that seem to be circular, made out of very shabby looking wood. And some of them made out of barrels that seem to be transported from vessels in the port and you do see booths as well that seem to be occupied 
The clientele is mostly human, working class, but you do see a couple of other races smattered around. You are the only tabaxi in the joint. And over in the far corner, you do see a couple of individuals that seem to be playing a game. They seem to be throwing something at a board. Uh, what would you like to do? Um, playing the game, I fix my curiosity, you know, beeline straight to them. Mm-hmm. And like, no sort of sense of personal space. I go up to like the river, like right up behind them. So like I'm an inches away. I'm like, what's this? You watch as they both get a fright and you can see one of them human, quite tall. And the other one is quite short and he's almost like, Lizard-like in his appearance, uh, being a he is a lizard folk. You can see him wearing this uh, cloth wrapping around as a shirt and and leather sort of pants, and you can see the other one's got like a rope uh, sashed around his body and sailor's pants below. Both of them seeming to hold what looks like darts. And as you look towards the board, you can see in the center of it there is this golden, what looks like a jewel with a black line through it, and then two rings that get larger around that one, almost looking like a dartboard. You can see they're different colored. In between each of those rings, you can see a thin line that seems to have some some darts in there as well. And they, they look, and you watch as the lizard folk looks to you and he says, don't you know it's rude to interrupt people while they're playing Goblin's Eye? Oh, I'm sorry, I've just seen it. It so interesting. It is very interesting, which is why we would like to finish our game. Can I play? You watch as the humans sort of, they, they form a sandwich around you and almost like, you watch this human sort of flex and how that's when you enter and see your tabaxi companion in between two fearsome looking sailors. Oh, for the love of God, the tabaxi's got himself in trouble. What do you do? I, uh, I walk over and say, gentlemen, is there a problem here? No, your friend here just wants to challenge us to a game of goblins. I having never played it before. As long as you well, outweigh the rules, I'm sure he can take you on. I'm sure he can, but the uh, social decorum dictates that you wait until we finish our game before you... Impose yourself on... By all means, and finish your game. Can you please tell your friend to let us be? Felix, stand down. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I am Tim. But <laughs> yes, I'll move to the side. You watch as the human stands above you, raises an eyebrow and says, Bulldog. <laughs> Felix, Tim, I think you should move along. And perhaps you should learn something about the decorum in The Hanged Man. The decor is very nice. Not the decor, the decorum. Just, just sit over there. We'll call you when we're done. Okay. Uh, I'd like you both to roll insight checks to see if you can gather how this game is played. You, Felix, note that they're throwing these darts at the board. Closer to the middle is the best. However, you gather, Halrod, that they don't seem to be aiming just for the yellow stone in the middle. They, If they can't get the yellow stone in the middle, they seem to be going for the smaller rings that are surrounding the bigger circles. And as they do, you watch as they scratch a multiple of two next to their score. Um, so it's essentially darts is what you're looking at. But also as you're sitting waiting for them to um, finish their game, that is when Key walks in after four or so minutes. You watch as the lizard folk tallies up his score and the human next to him tallies up his. And you watch as the lizard folk looks at him and says, and the lizard folk's quite short. He's about three feet tall. And he says, well, that's it. I beat you. Yet again, off on your way, give me your gold. And you watch as the human gives him the gold and he moves over to the um, to the bench and you watch as he sort of puts it into this pouch that you can see is almost overflowing. And he goes, okay, Felix, Tim, your turn. Excellent. Uh, so we just play? Yes, we just play. Okay. With this devilish smile across his face. Yeah, I'm just going to try and bullseye. Uh, we flick a coin to see who goes first. Odds or evens? Yeah. Well, it seems lucky shining upon you today. You may go. And you walk in as he's about to take his first shot. 
uh, key. Roll a d20, add your, let's say sleight of hand. <laughs> as you throw it, it leaves your paw. But as you passed by one of the tables earlier, you sort of got a little bit of grime and sticky on it as you're waiting. And as you throw, it sort of sticks to your finger just enough for the dart to skew off and hit the side of the board. And you watch as the lizard folk slowly turns towards you. Key raises one eyebrow and Halrod just looks toward the table. You watch as this lizard folk looks around to you and then he clocks you, Key, and he says, well, I'm glad your brother could be here to see you fail dismally. Get out of my way, you stupid cat. And you watch as he grabs one and he will throw as well. Uh, you score no points for that round. Uh, you watch as his dart lands in the second biggest square and he says, well, it's not much, but it's way better than what you did, Tim Felix. Ah, oh, great shot. You have two more tries. Short game? It is a short game, but this is expensive. Ah, uh, 15. All right, so roll a d6 for me. Okay, so you get the same uh, circle that he did, but you get it in the outside thin line just above where he got it as well in red. So as it gets there, he looks towards you and he says, marginally better. You get yourself five points and you watch as he moves towards the, the scoreboard and he marks a times two next to it. He looks towards you guys and he says, you can pay the wager, right? You have gold? I have five. You need 10. I can make up the difference. Very good. And you watch as he gets his dart and he throws it over his shoulder, not even looking at the dartboard. Uh, and you watch as it hits the exact same spot as his last one. Your turn. What does it look like as you throw a bullseye? He, you said he threw his over his shoulder. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the same. I'm not going to look. I'll look at the board, turn around and just... As he slings it behind you, Key, you have a moment where you sort of inhale sharply as you watch the dart go excessively higher than it should. You watch as it hits off one of the, the barrels and then deviates straight back down into the dartboard, hitting directly into this yellow bullseye. And then you watch the lizard folk look towards you and say, Goblin's eye. You've played this before. You get 50 points. Looks like I'm being hustled. You watch as he like lines up his shot as best that he can. Now you can see this sharp lizard folk tongue just sort of moving across his teeth. He's really, really trying his best now. And as he does so, you watch this bead of sweat sort of move down one of his, his scales. And as he throws it, he's just off, off kilter enough for it to land directly on the edge of the dartboard. And he says, nah, well, that's worth 100 points. And he looks towards you. Inside. Yeah. Roll an insight check. <laughs> He's on the level, man. Like, this guy's just outfoxed you at the game that you were supposedly winning with one dart. You win, I guess. Well, you do have one more throw unless you want to forfeit. So if I hit the outside edge, that's 100 points. Yes. You can roll an insight check, Halrod, having watched this game and known the rules. Mm. There's no way that that's worth more than a bullseye. Absolutely no way. I'm just going to try the bullseye again because it's shiny. So you hit along the edge of the bullseye, but you get it just the same, getting you uh, 50 points. And as you get it there, uh, he looks to the scoreboard and you can see that he has written down 120 points and you have 100 points, two bullseyes and one miss. He looks towards you and he says, well, I guess you owe me 10 gold, friend. Well, here's my five. You owe me five gold, Felix Tim. <laughs> he takes the five gold and he says, <laughs> like flies to honey. Puts it down. Shall we play again? Key, you should give it a shot. You should give it a shot, Key. Hmm. Oh. knows my name. Yes. <laughs> Look, I've uh, I've clocked people coming into this bar before who have what? been trying to hide their identities. Can I just say you are the worst? Ah, 
My reputation precedes me. Your reputation? I have not heard of you, Master Dwarf. Please enlighten me. I like stories. I am Halrod the Haunted. I work for the Valiant Odyssey Guild. The Odyssey Guild, oh dear. I have a confession to make. I may have cheated. Mm, so we'll be taking back the 10 gold now. You may have your 10 gold back. Just a small misunderstanding. I did not know you were from such prestigious company. If I did, I definitely would not have shamed you in this way. Then perhaps you can help us now, Master Lizardfolk. Uh, of, yes, of course. What do you need? Do you know of a a, com, uh, a companion of Tezinless that frequents this establishment? Uh, yes, I do. Where is he? He is right over there, and he points around. You watch his finger go all the way around the bar and then come back and point to himself. Ha <laughs> ha. It is me. Next time, save us the theatrics. Well, I'm a theatrical kind of man. What do you need from Tezinless? We need to know what he knows about a tome, um, a, a box that was stolen on the road to Cadmia. Look, I can I can give a good word for you if you'd like. I mean, I got a, a robot that could take you. An audience would be preferable. Good. I will take that 10 gold back then. How about I keep the gold and I don't tell the city watch that you were cheating people? Wait, cheated? I would like you to prove it. What's well, my word, guild member versus you? I am very respected in this dog world. I don't mm. like what you're assuming, Mr. Dwarf. Roll a persuasion check. All right, he looks towards you and he says, but given the circumstances and the fact that, well, I'm feeling charitable, I suppose I can take you. But I make no promises once we get there. My duty to you will be done. Well then, lead on. And you watch as he begins making his way out of the tavern. He turns to the barkeep and he says, uh, Maeve, have a cold one on tap ready for my return. It should be about 20 or so minutes. Jelly. And he makes his way out of the door, which you see, Korgarth, you see a lizard folk individual that seems to have this wiry scrap of hair across the top of his, his head begin moving out, and he's got these green scales, and you see your three companions beginning to follow. Thorzite is looking over the docks, and you can see him sort of move his, his telescope probably about 30 or so degrees away from where you told him to. And as he looks at you, who's looking at him, he says, oh, sorry, I two seagulls fighting over a chip. I told you to keep an eye on the ship. I know that's what you told me to do, but there was no activity and I was getting bored. We're moving now anyway. Oh, good. Pack your things. And he collapses the telescope, puts it into his bag. And are you following along the street or are you going stealthy Still rooftop style? Roof, rooftop style. All right, roll a stealth check. Those that will do the same. Okay, so as you guys begin walking down below, following this lizard folk individual towards the dock harbor, you can see he's greeting a lot of people as he goes. And you can see he pulls a hat out of his bag halfway down the street and puts it on. And you can see a very pink floral feather coming out of the top of it. And people seem to addressing him as uh, Thatch. They call him Thatch as they, as they talk to him. And he gives a nod and gives a bow. And everyone he meets, he sort of tips his hat towards. Uh, as you're walking amongst the clamor of the streets, you hear this smashing behind you. And as you look behind you, Halrod, you can see tiles falling off of the roof and smashing onto the street <laughs> below. And you can see Korgarth walking above. And you can see Thorzite trying desperately to gather the tiles before they fall off onto the street. And then Thorzite looks to you and he's just like, I'm so sorry. But you're, you're oblivious to the noise you're making, being so proud that you are. You're just moving with purpose. Uh, eventually, you do find your way to a dock and you can see a small sailboat that's similar in look to the boat that Jack Sparrow sort of has at the end of one of his voyages where he's just been absolutely robbed. You can see what looks like a single sail that's pulled up by a single string and a small flag at the back that seems to have a drawn on picture of a rose, not an official one. But you see that he looks towards you and he says, my beautiful vessel awaits. You're looking at me suspiciously. Seriously, what 
What do you think I'm going to do to you aboard this vessel? Do you actually know what's his list? Because that doesn't look like a very official rose there. I am a member in training. What do you think, gentlemen? Can I make an intimidation check? I really don't like it because of the fact I found out he did. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude, but uh, you don't start talking. I am going to punch him. Roll an intimidation check. He looks towards you and you see his fingers just sort of point together like index finger style and he looks towards you all and he says, Okay, so I don't know Tezanus as well as I said I did, but I know of him and I've taken people to him before. He slings me a gold every time I give him some news. I check? Mm-hmm. He seems to be talking out of fear, but seems to be honest. He looks around the dock and he says, Look, I don't see anybody else offering you free transport to the vessel. It's a mile or so off of the dock, so... All right, gentlemen, all aboard. Shall we, um, shall we invite your other two companions to join us? I see you know system. It's hard not to. He is more obvious than a brass band. Come on down and meet us. Um, getting onto the boat, Felix is very, he's never been on a boat. The minute you step on it, you can see that the floor is unstable. It dips to one side under your weight. Like he's like holding onto the post and sort of like tiptoe tip into the boat. Mm-hmm. Like your claws immediately <laughs> extract and you're just like onto the mast. Stay near the mast. <laughs> Ah, yes, it's, it's more balanced in the center. Uh, he's a boat virgin. And you watch as he gets onto the prow of the ship and you watch as he begins to get it make way ready. He pulls the sail up and you can see that there's a massive gash through the sail. He says, ha, I ran into a swarm of seagulls. And you can see across the boat as well, checks out because the whole front of the ship is just covered in bird crap. At this, you all sort of get onto the boat. Uh, do you get on as well, Key? Yeah, I'm just avoiding the bird crap. Yeah, the rudder. And you can see as it does, it sort of veers off into the harbour. And he pulls out this pouch of snacks and you can see him eating. And as he's eating, uh, roll a perception check key. 14. Okay, so as he's eating, you hear this crunching sound and you're trying to avoid the bird poo and being on the boat. You watch as Felix is sort of teetering with it. You watch as Korgas sort of on the stern, just looking expectantly. You see Thorzite on the boat as well. You hear this crunching next to you. And as you look to the side, you see him feasting on this, this pouch of what looks like pistachio nuts. And he sees you looking at him, he goes, nut. No, thank you. They're very good. And you watch as he, some of it comes out of his mouth and spits in your direction. Oof. Yes, I know. I'm trying to quit. Thank you. <laughs> Nut addictions. Uh, anybody else? Nut? No? Just no. me then. No, These are delicacies. You. They come from this hub. How about a pineapple? Any of those on board? I have not ever tried a pineapple. Oh, you are missing out. Never heard of a pineapple. Please describe them to me in vivid detail. <laughs> this is the most juiciest fruit you could ever taste. Juicy even than a pomegranate? The most juiciest of juicy. Sounds like it's juicy. It's very juicy. Anyway, and he's talking with a mouthful the entire time and you watch his keys just sort of edging away. The ship getting closer and closer towards you as you begin uh, this sail. I'll be there yet. Not quite yet. We've got about 10 minutes to go. I hope that uh, in time you will forgive my past trespasses and see me as a friend one day. Well, that depends if you give us the 10 gold you owe us. I already gave you the 10 gold. No, you gave us our money back. You still owe us 10 gold for cheating. You watch as a smile goes across his face. He says, I see nothing gets past you, Mr. Cat. Ah, I don't have it. I was hoping to, well, I've got five that I won from that human and you can have that, but... You mean aside from the big bag of gold you had sitting on the table next to you when you were playing? Ah. You watch as he smiles again. He goes, okay, I'm a compulsive liar. (laughs) <laughs> he flicks you ten gold. You can laugh. He flicks you ten gold, and he says, 
I'm sorry for the deception, but I found that I don't have many marketable skills. I all I have is my tricks, and they have kept me alive so far. Someday down the track that might come in handy for you, but yeah. not today. Not today. It seems I have met my match. Anyway, we are here, and you watch as he <laughs> blows this whistle, and you watch as from the dock of this ship, from the deck of this ship. Sorry, you watch as somebody leans over. You can see a humanoid leaning over. Uh, roll perception checks, all four of you, and Thorzite will too. So as you guys look up in the direction of this individual, you catch it, uh, Felix, being very wide-eyed at this moment. You can see the sun begin to shine on this this individual's face, and you can see there's like a brass sheen to this individual's face, um, almost as if it's not a human at all, but you can see almost like mechanics, cogs moving underneath the, the vest. Uh, he says, these people are here to see uh, Tez and that's... It's, it is I, uh, Thatch. And you watch as this individual pulls back and you watch as a rope ladder tumbles down the deck. Felix doesn't even wait for the rope ladder, starts climbing outside the boat. <laughs> you watch as Thorzite follows you. Not as enthusiastically, but th- follows you. He follows Thorzite up the ladder, shaking his head. After you, Master Dragonborn. Thank you, Dwarf. You make your way up the rope, uh, Korgath, and as it is now just Halrod and Thatch in the boat, he looks towards you and he says... You can find me at the Hanged Man. Mm. If ever you need anything else, um, one thing you can always trust me to be is dishonest. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> Flicks him five gold for his trouble. Takes it. He watches Key just hears a flick, looks over the back of the boat, and he's just got a paw in his hand. <laughs> um, at that, you watch in the distance as the boat begins sailing away, and you hear the strumming of a banjo and the horrible melodic singing of this lizard folk. On the high seas, I make all my gold. And it's just off in the distance as he begins playing. Um, you guys stand upon the boat and you are immediately met as the last one, Halrod, comes up. You see your companions seem to be surrounded by crewmen. Uh, you can see what looks like mostly elves, but some orcs smattered through them. And at the head of them, you can see three mechanical beings pointing rapiers at you. And you watch as these three mechanical beams seem to be long and spindly, and you all now see that they are sort of made of brass, and you can see cogs beginning to click through their various uh, armaments. And as they're pointing these towards you, you watch as they're like tick, 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 moving like a sprinkler across you with the rapier, and you watch as they move back towards you. Uh, what would you like to do? Look, Master Gnome, their swords are bigger than yours. Time in a, time in a place, Koga. We're in some trouble here. For the record, Harold, you paid five gold for this. For the record, I know how cadmia works. The favor will come in handy later. I don't think you do know how cadmia works. Well, that's, um, your, that's your opinion. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's let's calm down here. No one's here to start a fight. Post swaying, is it? Still in like- yeah, but less, less noticeably so, as this is a larger vessel. You guys having been on this vessel now, you sort of scope it at like 60 or so feet long. It's quite big. There's two big masts in the middle. Uh, one of them adorning the large pink sail. And you can see that it's a scurvy lot of crew that you're sort of looking at, but they all seem to be finely dressed in various adornments, buttons, etc. all of them wearing various different hats and a pink sort of feathered down one side. These um, these mechanical beings as well seem to be wearing various different hats with the, with the pink as well. Some of them have a rose emblazoned on them. Uh, you watch as the crew steps away and you watch as these mechanical beings sort of get into a fighting stance and you watch as um, the crew begin to part. And coming through, you can see what looks like a gentleman that's quite 
heavily respected on the ship, a long, slender figure of a of an elven man. You can see he's got a very large hat, very large pink sort of feather coming through, and you can see he's got this tunic of of purples and golds coming through with shoulder pads, very uh, neat-looking cutlass to the side and a very heavy ring on one finger. He looks to you and he says, you have boarded this vessel through the uh, through Fatch. Is that correct? I. He looks towards you and he raises an eyebrow at you and he says, Well, state your purpose. Gentlemen. We, we came here to seek um, Master Tesnalus, captain of this vessel, to see what he knows about a missing iron box. Well, darling, you found him. That is I. Gentlemen. And you watch as he clicks and you watch as the, the mechanical men sort of lower their weapon. And you watch as he looks towards everybody else and this short, squat, humanoid individual sort of yells at them and says, back to work. And you watch as the ship goes back into lively working order. Just Tesnalus sort of stands there, folds his arms, leans up against a barrel and he says, visitors, I love them. You're bringing me news of the surface. What's going on in Cadmia? What's happening? Just real quickly, do I notice what his shoes are? What his boots are? Roll a perception check. 16. Uh, you can see that they have a fine filigree golden buckle on each one. Very smart black leather, extremely well polished. They match his jacket and hat perfectly. Uh, you can see underneath is like a, a cotton sock that's pulled up to his knee. Uh, and he's sort of twizzling them around as he's talking to you. And they're shining in the sun. Do I acknowledge that they're aesthetically beautiful? Do I also acknowledge any properties behind these boots? Uh, not straight off. No. Not Yeah, not straight away. Uh, looking around at the crew, do we notice any of them have the mark of the unseen? Roll perception check. Not that you can see. A lot of them seem to be wearing very flashy adornments. Uh, the only tattoos you do see on them appear to be large rose-like tattoos. He looks at you all expectantly. Um, can I roll to see if they look combative? Yeah, go for it. As you look, they are more a charismatic crew than a combative crew, but you feel like their influence could be quite powerful. Uh, is there a place in the boat that's not near the boat? Uh, yes, my dear, it is below deck. Would you like to go below deck? If it's away from water, yes. Right this way. Just as Felix is leaving, I grab him by the shoulder and I say, just edge your tail to this direction that the boat is tilting to. You'll get your sea legs. I'll tell you, I haven't seen any tabaxi for quite some time. The dry expense is quite far from these parts. And you? I've never seen somebody so shiny. I have a history. Well, I'm, I'd am i be willing to hear it over a cup of beautiful juice. He loves pineapple. Pineapple, I hope. Pineapples are a delicacy not even I can afford, but we have something to your taste, surely. Wine from the local farm. How about some nice steamed fish? All that we have. Shall we? We're all in agreement. Aye. Right. Well, let me lead you to my cabin. And you watch as he moves across the deck. He walks in a manner that's very, uh, almost like a strut as he walks across the deck. His feet making footsteps on the deck as he moves. And you watch it. Any crew member he passed does this very flamboyant bow, uh, twirling the hat as they do so. And he's just like, waving a handkerchief as he goes, thanking them like the queen would as he passes by. You open the door and as he opens uh, the door, he gestures for you guys to go in and inside you can see chandelabras that seem to be made of like stained glass that cast a very yellow, red, green, etc. light across the middle of the table. And you can see a very lavish dining set uh, upon the circular table with some chairs set out. Thorzite looks and says, oh, thank God I'm hungry as, and he goes inside and starts eating like some legs of lamb and some bread and things like that. Thorzite, 
Always wait until the guest, and not always wait until the host says we can eat. It's fine. He he needs to eat. He's only short. I'm with Thor's eye on this one. I just start hyping myself too. Everybody take a seat. Last one in, shut the door, and you watch as he walks in and sits down at the head of the table. You watch as he pushes his sleeves up and does like a flourish and sits down, fingers intertwined, and he says, Now some people in Cadmia believe that currency is the currency of Cadmia, but I think it's news. I think it's knowledge. So what can you give me in return for what you want from me? Punch a can be arrested. I think that's kind of common knowledge there. Yeah, you'd think so. <laughs> it is indeed common knowledge. And I have avoided such situations myself. That's not going to fly. Something else. Secret. There's a bit of a panic about Cadmia at the moment between the Institute and the, and the Odyssey. Dude, a, hell. A certain iron box has gone missing. Oh, really? And I'll roll an inside check. So Korgar and uh, Felix, he already knows this. But... Tezanless wants to know what Halrod knows about this. Key and Halrod, you're oblivious to the fact that he knows this, but he has one elbow on the table, a hand on his cheek, and he's giving you his full attention. He crosses his legs across the, the underside of the table too. Do go on. We've been charged with retrieving the iron box and bringing it back to the Institute. Oh, a hefty task indeed. For the four of you, that should send you glorious praise throughout the city, especially within the Academy. They'll love you. And might I say, those braids. I love Thank a man you. that takes care of his facial hair. Thank you, Tesmos. Can I just say that you're quite finely dressed yourself? Well, thank you. I'm just in my Sunday best. Didn't know we'd be getting visitors, so the place is a mess. And as you look around, it's fucking immaculate. Is there anything you can tell us? Well, not for that little piece of knowledge. A cat's insight and perception are quite to the point. I have heard, indeed, that a, uh, a certain mystical artifact who was making its way to Cadmia is now uh, not in Cadmia. Well, that's handy. He's already told us it's not in the city. Well, you knew it wasn't in the city. That was never actually determined whether it was in the city it or not. It never arrived to the city. By the conventional methods it was meant to be. We can play word games all day, Master <laughs> Dwarf, if you'd like. Linguistics are my for today. Being as clued on as you are with what goes on. No, flattery will get you everywhere, son. In or around the city. What can you tell us, per se, about possible celestial? Celestials in the city. Nobody's seen a celestial in years, son. Nobody's even... Well, there's people that utter the language, and those that do are usually tied to the religious organizations of old. But in terms of beings of the gods, children there are, lineages of such, pish posh. Let's just say it might not be as pish posh as you think. Well, now you have my curiosity. What can you tell us about the Guild of the Unseen? Everybody knows about the Unseen. They're not as unseen as they'd like to be. Let's just say that uh, Daedra Pope, she's uh, she's losing control. There's an up-and-comer known as The Blade. Very ominous title, but I like it. The Blade. Maybe I need a nickname of such. Anyway, The Blade seems to be organizing its forces within the guild itself. They're causing some trouble. Causing some cuts, if you will, perhaps. That's why it's called The Blade. Anyway. They have a lot to do with what I've heard, but I'm yet to hear anything of value from you. And you watch as he clicks his fingers and this food begins to float onto the plates to replenish what you guys have eaten. Fruits, vegetables, very lavish foods, levitating in. That is an interesting ability you have there. Levitation. 
Yes. Yes, it's it's quite handy, especially because I can be quite lazy. And you watch as he um, begins to use the ability to unbuckle his shoes and they begin floating over to the side of the door and you watch as he kicks his heels up on the side of the table right next to you, Halrod, and you begin to smell his socks, which are perfumed, you know, weirdly, but still feet near food. And he looks towards you all. He says, you three, you've surely travelled far. Tabaxi such as yourselves and a, a dragon kin. I think I've seen three of None of your pigment. You would have some tales, some secrets that I could garnish and share. Fair enough. As it be, I am the last descendant bloodline of the great dragon Orban. Roll a persuasion check. He raises an eyebrow to you and he says, let's say I believe you, for curiosity's sake. How do you know? During my time as a brute, I was tasked with traveling to the cradle of life with this tabaxi monk here. He looks over to you and gives you a little wave. I give a nod back. Once, ar- once arriving at the cradle, Auburn appeared to me. And he revealed that I am his last descendant carrying the bloodline. True or not, the fact that you believe it is saucy. That'll do. Right. <laughs> what do you want to know? Arl, do you want to lead on this one? I think Thorsley would know more than I do. He's got a mouthful of bread. He's like, mm. um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> dabs his mouth. He says, okay, so there's this box and this box is supposedly containing a tome and we need to get it back and we want to know where it's gone. Uh, simple as that. And you watch as the gentleman leans forward and he says, ah, the box, the box that everybody's after. Everybody wants a piece of this. You know, I've heard that it can lead you to some prosperous amounts of wealth within the city. Anyway, I've heard that uh, the Unseen, members of the Blades uh, faction, you might say, they came to me for some information and I traded just like I did with you. Because I had heard word coming from Supos that a man named Cadmir, Carmen, sorry, I get my C's mixed up, a man named Carmen was traveling with it. And he was bringing it here with the staff mage. And as I told them that, they must have intercepted the box. They told me as well that they were going to spend a night in Undercliff before traveling north because, uh, you see, they don't have anybody within their ranks that can translate the book that lies within. So they're taking it to the master upon the hill. It is a perilous journey. That's why they need to spend the night in Undercliff. You watch as Thorzite looks towards you as... That name is mentioned, Alrod. So I guess we got to go to Undercliff. You know I haven't been back there. Well, maybe it's time to make your turn. You have been making progress with your problem. I don't think I could face it, but I I must. Alrod. But Arden and the Guild. He puts his hand up on you and he says, we'll do it together. And he gives a nod. And he watches the guy had been watching this the whole time. Uh, Tez and Les had been watching this and he goes... Oh, touching, how sweet. Would that be all? 
You've eaten my food, you've taken my hospitality, you've given me a saucy piece of information that I'm going to look into, by the way. Orbin. God of death and war. In my very dining hall. Goodness me. Well. Shoo. I, uh, I get up. Um, I, I get up. I, thank you, Tazan Lewis, for your information. Look, any more saucy bites of detail you get from Cadmia or about this book, I'll be happy to uh, take it. And I'll give you something back. We will be sure to keep that in mind. Good. Very good. Oh, and if you get this book, and you open it, and some pages get missing, still torn, broken, find themselves into your pockets, I'll reward you handsomely for them. Handsomely. And as, as he says as that, he looks towards Felix. And he's holding, like, up a finger as he's, like, fiddling with his ring. Would these pertain to wealth of monetary value? If you find any about treasure, that would be amazing. But anything from that book, if it is indeed what people say, it will be worth something to somebody. And I'd happily take them off your hands. Lighten your load. As long as that book's within my eyeline, no pages will go missing from it. Oh my. No pages. Well, I hope for your sake that your companions feel the same way. And he looks directly at Key, who's been eyeing off his boots at the door. Just a thought. Don't mean to cause party turmoil, inner strife, all that. Tears you apart, you know. I'll set you a vessel, shall I? Please. He gives a nod. Or even better, for a price, I can send you back to shore immediately. Wiggles his fingers around. No, I know that your price is not wealth, but information. What do you want? Hmm. Well, you know my name. I know his name. I don't know yours. Tell me your names. Felix is visibly strained. Well, he doesn't like it, though. But he's going to sort of try and throw off his eyes of, like, normal happy self. Hi, I'm Felix Kitten. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Charmed, Felix Kitten. And you are? I am Key. Charmed, Key. And may I say, your footwear is impeccable. Mm, they're felchies. I know the brand. Made from the South. Beautiful, exquisite leather. And you are? Howrod. Howrod the Haunted. The Haunted. The Haunted. I'll keep my ear out for you and your tales. And you watch as the gnome next to you is just like... Thorzai. And he's like, no, I don't care about you. <laughs> um, and at that he says, well... Goodbye. And he clicks his fingers and all you see is a flash of light before you. And that flash suddenly dissipates. And as it does, you smell the scent of fish. You hear the cause of seagulls and you hear the dock around you as you are sitting in the same chairs you are sitting in, in the same arrangement you are sitting in, but there is no table, no ship, and you're on the cobblestone. And Thorzite had like apples in his hand and they're gone. He's just like, ah, nuts. (laughs) Ingenious way to travel. I'd have to learn that. Would be handy, wouldn't it now? 
being able to transport from place to place in the blink of an eye? You're telling me. I need to speak to that guy again. We were just there. You could have spoken to him then. Yes, but I didn't know he had a blink ability. I was going to say, could tend more to the shoes that you kept eyeing off. Yes. That was until I realized he has a blink ability. Anyway, task is at hand and we have to go to a place called Undercliff. And I am actually unfamiliar with Undercliff. Well, we're not. We know Uh, of Undercliff. I know Undercliff well. Okay. You sound depressed. That's his normal state of being. After I lost my parents in an avalanche. We're going straight into it. Right. I, um... We've got the chairs. I wandered. <laughs> I wandered for days until I found the town of Undercliff, where I lived for many years as a blacksmith. Till that night, the goblin raiding party, and I lost her. Those eight remembers. It's not my place to say, but I do remember. After that, Harroyd joined the. Uh, the militia in an attempt to well, do what he could. He made some allies, but eventually it was it was too much for him to bear. He uh he left. I wandered for many years looking, trying to find her again. Elmra, my human love. Oh there it is. I never saw her again. Eventually he made his way back to Cadmia. He tracked me down at the Odyssey. I got him a job with Arden. And we worked on his personal demons. And the drink. As best we could. I haven't set foot under a cliff since. I feel like every frame, if this was a movie, every frame where we cut back to Halrod, Felix is just that little bit closer. And closer <laughs> until finally he's just like stroking his beard with the back of his hand and, and caressing his head on his shoulder. With a low purr. Where's that? Anyway, anyway. <clears throat> Goblins to kill, people to see. Let's go. Yes, Undercliff. It is to the east. We can guide you. Is it currently overrun with goblins? The populace still there? Is it it's a very prosperous farming community. They had a militia beyond Halrod. But um what do they what do they produce there? Grapes. They're the main supplier of wine for the city. There is agricultural crops and also cattle. They're a farming community. It's a very small town, spread out over quite a, a distance, but their their main city hub you could say or village hub is is not far to the west. Oh sorry, the east. Do they export mainly fruit or wine? Or both. There is actually a recent uh, prison farm, you might say, that's being developed, and you two could have found yourself there if it wasn't for Arden. Under the uh, under the instruction of Krupp Gravens, the uh, can't remember what he was when he was there. He was Elmer's father-in-law, and now he is is the head of the Farmers Guild. More likely trying to work out a way to escape. But yeah, I get your point. Well, let's just. We can assume that if there's any members of the Unseen there, they're going to try to blend in. And if they're going to try to blend in, we have to have our wits about us. You'll know what an Unseen member looks like, right? They have a tattoo sometimes. Well, or an emblazoned symbol, but these seem to be the kind to not 
show that off. So we'll do what we can. Vision? Other than, but yes. But in Undercliff, people who don't belong there soon stand out like a sore thumb. If he, um, if he walk for long enough, someone will expose themselves. And there's like many small farming communities. And you'll be fairly recognisable, I imagine. Someone would know you. Someone would. Would that be a good thing? Aye. Well, I, maybe we should start there and <coughs> find someone you know and bring ourselves up to date and see if there's any new newcomings coming through. That's probably where I'd start if we're looking for gossip. When we get to Undercliff, we should make ourselves known in the, in the hub. Try uh, reach out to group. See if you can put us in touch with the village headman. Group. Okay. What do you reckon? Slamming my drink down on the table. There is no table. There's just chairs. The table didn't come with you. So you gotta do it and as you do, your cup sort of slips a little bit and some mead falls out of your, your cup. Onwards to Undercliff. To Undercliff. Alright. We cut as you guys begin your travel through the city. Uh, as you do, I'll just get you to roll a general perception check for the travel. Very nice. Okay, so as you guys begin traveling through, you make your way past the, the through the dock ward of the city and out the eastern gate. As you begin traveling across the road, you pass by the place where you had ridden the previous or that morning, uh, Korga. You see the spot where uh, Carmen fell and you travel further onward. Uh, you come to a fork in the road and as you come to that fork in the road, you sort of deviate down this signpost that says uh, Undercliff and you begin travelling through and you're met with expansive uh, farmland. You can see crops and agriculture throughout, but you, Halrod, also notice as you begin to uh, make your way past the last sort of set of tree line, you sort of look in the corner of your eye and you can see standing on the trunk of a tree, branch outstretched a crouching figure that seems to be in a hood and as you look you look away to tell and try to inform your party and as you look back that figure is gone but it seems humanoid uh, head and shoulders cloaked uh, with your 20 you also sort of clock the tree and you can see that there are three scratch marks in the tree where it was perching um, but it seems to be gone now so do we continue on or well, that's up to you if you continue on or... Um, I uh, turn to the party and sort of um, keep your eyes about you. We're, we're not alone on this path. What makes you think that? I uh, I noticed a person in the tree up there. Okay. A cloaked figure, perchance? It was indeed a cloaked figure. Humanoid? From what I could tell, yes. But um, perhaps we should investigate. I, we were followed at the Docklands by a figure, hence the reason I was on the roof. Trying to catch them out. Did you see anything up there? No, I was too busy keeping an eye on you two. Three. I was going to say that's a bad Four. count. Four. You no. were up there with me. I was CL's fight. <laughs> yeah, I never found out who won that battle. How close are these trees together? Um, 30, 40 meters away from you, but together they're probably about five or six meters apart. So one agile person could travel from tree to tree. Mm -hmm. Well, if there's someone in the trees, we'd probably want someone to be in the trees. I propose I go trees. 
You can see as you begin traveling further and further east, the trees sort of begin to get more and more sparse as the farmland increases. So you'll probably only be able to do that for the next K or so, but you are able to if you'd want to. Well, if there is someone that you just saw in the vicinity, I'll travel for the next distance in trees until the trees break out. If you see anything, I'll do my best. Well, how about I'll stay here with Halrod and Big Korgoth with the sword and you two go and find out what's going on with the dangerous thing over there. Plan. All right. Okay. We'll travel on. And gentlemen, be careful. Don't waste one of your nine lives. Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As the three companions, one smaller, one medium-sized and one quite large, move along the the pathway, you two, uh, Key and Felix, make your way toward the tree line and begin climbing up the tree. As you do so, roll investigation checks for me, both of you. So as you begin climbing the first tree, both of you together, uh, you do get a scent, um, Tim, um, Felix, you do get a scent, um, and it's familiarity. Like other than that, it's like on the tip of your brain, on the tip of your senses, but you can't get it, but it's familiar. It's a familiar scent. Um, key with your 17, as you get to the top of the branch, you can see the three score marks, uh, in the tree and they kind of match your own. Hmm. Anyway. Like you, you, you could put your hand on the tree and extract your claws and you could fit them in there. Okay. I, um, yeah, I take, I take note of the, um, of the claw print. Um, whisper to Felix. Is he in whispering range? I'd say he'd be like a branch or two below you. Yeah. Felix, just be on the lookout. Come across claw marks and trees. In fact. Very similar to my hair. You have a brother? Moving on, Felix. <laughs> I don't know if I have a brother. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'll just go ahead. It's okay. Keep your eyes peeled. Roll acrobatics checks, please, the both of you. As you pass by this awkward, perfect moment. So almost competitively, you both begin pouncing Naruto style from branch to branch, keeping your eyes open as you go you try to clock onto that scent that you got to try and just gauge it because it's just burning in your in your in your mind this sense of familiar like familiarity um but it's unable to to come to you but it's just it's in the back of your mind and and you keep probably feeling a little uneasy as you go you're unable to see anything else and as the tree line departs you keeping a clock on your traveling companions below you dart off of the last tree landing three point landing both both of you right behind Thor's eye. And as you do, he's just like, <gasps> don't do that. Don't do that. Oh my goodness. Guys, they're back. So what'd you see? I found claw prints in the trees. Just one claw print. Very similar to my claw. What does your tabaxi nose smell? I can't put my finger on it. As the sun begins to move across the sky, you travel for another hour or so past these uh, these fields, and eventually you see it for the first time in a in a long time in about two or so years. Halrod, you you look upon the farming community of Undercliff. <sighs> you can see this place is almost like 
a pristine farming village. You can see like Tweety birds moving through the, the high clouded sky and you can see a well in the centre of town where fair farming maidens are filling up uh, buckets of water. You can see agrarian folk and farmers in straw hats that seem to be gathered around a communal watering hole slash uh, tavern. You can see a gentleman on a horse that moves by you, leaving Undercliff, tips his hat towards you as you go and he says, top of the morning to you. I immediately mimic what the guy just did. Good morning to you. He just gives you a friendly nod and continues on his way, riding his massive Clydesdale. Um, in the distance as well, you see on this large green hill in the centre of town, you see this pole where ribbons seem to be coming off of it and you can see young girls just sort of weaving these ribbons and dancing around um, like five, six-year-old girls that are just moving around this this pole, tying these maypole ribbons around each other. And you can see like a man sort of ferrying his pig to a water trough and gets it to drink. It does seem like a very happy place. Something you're not always such a happy place. Until the militia was formed, it was an easy target for grim breeding goblin party. Well, if I was a goblin, I'd raid it too. Mm. You watch, you feel an elbow in your thigh and you look down to see Thorzite. He's like crossed his eyes at you. Come on, man. I'm sorry. I, 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 I have a lack of empathy. It's quite all right. I begin to understand how this party likes to interact. Perhaps you'll learn empathy in time from your companion here. Doubt it. You take your first steps into the town and as you do, you start to smell these this floral scent as um, as you look towards where the main gathering of people are towards the back of the town. You, you enter and you can see uh, dwellings, but you get this floral scent from the markets that seem to be within the town square. As you begin passing through, you see stalls that seem to have daisy chains. You see stalls that have various different local goods and honeys and you pass by this intricate little shop that seems to have whittled wooden carvings and you can see there's a there's an intricate looking dog and there's the there's a, a pan flute sort of instrument you can see on top as well like a nice looking elephant carved in wood as well and you can see a different sorts of animals and birds all, all carved in wood and you can see the gentleman proprietor behind is this older guy with a mustache and he looks to you kindly as you pass by and he says anything take your fancies boys actually yes that elephant there. oh this one here carved that just the other day made from maple a maple? Maple, yes. It's uh, quite a nice scent, very strong wood. Would you like it? I, I would. I would like it. Well, that'll be a gold piece, or if you have something to trade. I'm open to trade. How many uh, spider fangs have you got these days? Zero. Zero Which, spider fangs. I propose I trade you a spider fang for a uh, elephant card. Roll a persuasion check with advantage. As he inspects the, the fang, he says, Not just any spider. This is a giant spider. He didn't say that. I'll take it. And he takes it. Um, you watch as the guy on the stall next to him is just draw, jaw ajar and he goes, Oh, you have all the luck, don't you? And you watch as he takes it and he goes, Hey, don't you worry, Thomas. This is coming to both of us. And you, <laughs> you watch as he hands you the elephant and he says, I hope you enjoy. Finest craftsmanship. I tried my best. And as you pick it up and seeing it closely, it, there, there, are, there are some scuffs and errors, but generally pretty well crafted um, is what you see. And it's sort of varnished nicely as well. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, observing it brings me fond memories. So look at Felix. I chucked to him to have a look. What do you think? Pretty, isn't it? You done a good job. I like it. Uh, thank you. Is that a wooden pineapple I see? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I tried a fruit. It, uh, it took my breath away and I've never been able to forget it. I, um, 
if, if you like it, I can offer you a trade or a gold piece. Pulling out my pouch of gold pieces, I give you two as a tip. He takes it. He looks at you, takes the two gold pieces, and he gives you the pineapple. He says, I only had one. Boy, oh boy, those things stick with you. Yes, they do. And you take that and you hold it in your hand. It's probably the size of a tennis ball or some miniature replication. But you can see that Thomas, the guy next to him, just has mouth agape. He's just like, two sales in one day? And he's just like, I know, this is great. I fucking love tourists. <laughs> uh, what, what is Thomas selling? Uh, Thomas seems to be selling like various vegetables, fruit and vegetables. No pineapples, unfortunately. <laughs> he's selling very bland vegetables like lettuces and zucchinis and crap that nobody wants. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see his head's just like in his lap as you guys begin moving past him. Uh, in this city, you can see as you get to the main sort of the main sort of thoroughfare where this market is being held, you do see a variety of buildings around. The largest of which seems to house a large deer, a set of deer horns on the front of it. Uh, you can roll a religion check if you'd like. Okay, all of you are able to recognise that this is a symbol of a deity called Mardol. She's the god of harvests, uh, and she's the god of fertility, and she is the god of motherhood, parentage, everything like that, animal husbandry. Uh, she is known as the giving mistress and she has a very sordid history in terms of the, the great God's war. Those of you that rolled above a 15, she has also often been cited with the creation of life on Kalimvor. And this, this stag symbol is usually her moniker. Uh, does or stags or deer horns, anything like that is, is usually associated with her and people that, um, worship her usually don't harm those animals. Uh, but this seems to be the main building that seems to, and you know this building, uh, Halrod, as the, the, this is basically the farmer's union building. This is where halls and businesses and um, communications, grievances are sorted out, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, as that happens and you clock this uh, site, you do hear a, a voice coming from your southwest and you hear your name being called. It says, Halrod. Uh, Halrod, is that you? Everybody, he's back. It's Halrod. And you watch as the whole village sort of turns on your party and sort of looks and just <gasps> goes quiet. You watch as this woman pokes her head through the crowd, the one that called your name, and you can see a blonde-haired woman. You can see a uh, a bonnet over the top of her, her head and you can see she's wearing like a farmer's gown. She's holding a pail and she moves towards you, leans down, puts a hand on your shoulder and puts her forehead against your forehead. And she says, welcome back. And you watch as a tear rolls down her eye. You know this woman to be uh, Mira, and she was just a local. You helped her sister one time with a a raid of a bugbear known as Overbite. Mira, it's, it's been too long. It has. We're glad to see you back. Are you here to rejoin the militia? No, I, I can't stay for long. I'm currently tasked with a quest from the Valiant Odyssey's Guild in Cadmia. We're glad to see that good fortune has finally come to you. You watch as everybody around you sort of, some of them give you a pat of recognition as they're passing by and then just begin their, their usual business. But she looks at you and she says, I just want to thank you again. All those years ago, you, you did my sister a great service. We haven't seen much of that bugbear since. I did what anybody in my position would have done for this village. She gives a nod. She says, well, let me just say, I hope nobody ever crosses you. But seeing you in action, it was 
was polarizing. Completely different dwarf. No, thank you, my lady Mira. I hope you've had a good time of it since I've been gone. I have. I've had a, quite a few children since you've been gone. And um, all of them growing strong. That's good to hear. She gives a nod and she moves along. Have you met my companions? Korgar, Felix, and Key. She gives a nod and you watch as you get an elbow in your leg as well. And Thorsite, you know. <laughs> yes, I know. Thorsite. And she gives, he gives a deep bow. You're in humbled company. He's yes, good. He immediately lunges forward. Hi, I'm Felix Kitten. It's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, your kindness is very welcome. As I was saying, you're in, you're in very humble company. This man is as good in charisma as he is with a with a battle axe. Well, we've seen him with a longbow. Pretty impressive with that. Well, you're in for a surprise. If you're looking for group, he's he's still here. He's in the he's in the great hall in the building, just there. And she points to the building that you had previously clocked. Yeah, I guess we'll be going inside and having a chat with group. Well, good luck to you. As this market begins to disperse, you guys make your way inside and you can see a heavy wooded, it's almost like a temple inside, and you can see a statue carved out of wood in the back that seems to be this mother uh, holding a baby and you can see that she's also pregnant and she's got this full hair of wildflowers that seem to be falling down from her, her head that goes down to past her hips. You can also see that um, sitting on one of the chairs across from a table that seems to be eating some food is an older gentleman that you can see has a ring of white hair. You can see he's quite portly, but not obesely so. And you can see that he's also got like a farmer's guild on and uh, he's aged since you've seen him, Halrod, but this is uh, group castings. As he stands up, he looks towards all of you and you can see him look with concern until he sees Halrod and his, his visage softens and you can see he's got these heavy eye wrinkles, but you can see... He looks towards you with, with comfort and warmth and he moves towards you with open arms. Group, it's been a long time. How have you been? I've been extremely well, Halrod. It is it is great to see you. I was I was quite saddened when we woke to find you missing and when you didn't return, well, we thought the worst, so praise Mardel, this is indeed a good day. And you watch as he attaches his forehead to yours as well. Customary greeting of any follower of Mardel. Tell me, sorry to, to skip polite conversation, did you find her? I don't know. I've looked high and low, but I haven't been able to find her yet. He saddens at that and he says, we, we erected a small arbor in her honor. You would like to visit before leaving if you are, in fact, passing through. You would be most welcome. I shall, I shall see this arbor before I leave. Well, we lay her favorite flowers once a year in honor of her. He gives a nod. Um, please sit. May I, may I help you in any way? Surely this return after so long is, is warranted by something of great importance. Uh, group, we, uh, we need your help. My companion, Korga, Felix, Key and I, we, um, we're on the lookout for the unseen. They should be passing through Undercliff. Well, we have had some visitors recently. You aren't the first to come by today. There was two of them, a man and a woman. They were in darker clothes, but I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell if they were from the, the unseen, and I don't like to judge. They're staying at the Wild Boar. I believe they're still there. Do you know if they came into town with anything? Ah, yes, they were carrying some heavy luggage. They said that their companions were also on their way, but they were scouting a, a track above, up on the mountain. So it's just the two of them in the town right now? 
Well, I haven't been keeping tabs on them, but that's all that checked into the... Inn. Is everything all right? Not really. Um, I just want... Uh, I wanted to the low-key give a warning out to the people of the town that the people with the heavy luggage are not that reputable and to perhaps, perhaps stay indoors for a little while until we can figure it out. Roll a persuasion check with advantage. So he looks at you, gives you a nod and he says, I am still head of the village militia. Our numbers are a few now, but we'll get the word out. In the meantime, I, I trust that you'll be um, paying these gentlemen or these individuals a visit. I believe so. We'll probably head to the wild boar right now. See if we can find them. I'm glad I could be of assistance. It was good to see you, Halrod. And you, Bullseye. You too. You watch as he gives a nod to you guys. And you guys turn and leave. Uh, roll a investigation or perception check to find this tavern. As soon as you exit, you look through the crowd, goal-orientated, and you do see a tavern that looks like it holds a picturesque uh, painting of a, of a boar over its signage. It's probably about 120 feet down the way to the west. Key, you're just looking in awe at this elephant statue that you've just purchased. Fair trade. As you begin making your way there, you approach and you can see it as a, a different sort of inn to the one that you had previously come from. This one seems to picture a typical country inn, like a bed and breakfast. This is exactly what you're looking at. And as you begin making your way inside, you get some nods of recognition, Halrod, as you do. And you can see curtains of white and green that seem to illuminate the place and balconies that seem to house every uh, room as an entryway. What would you guys like to do? I um I make my way over to the um to the tavern owner and ask him to ask him where the people are staying. All right. So as he gets up and he he looks at you and he says, "Halrod, you know that I like you. You know I do. But if I was to give away the clientele and information of everybody that stayed here at this tavern, I wouldn't be a good innkeep now, would I? I suppose that's true. You wouldn't be a good innkeep, but you'd also be doing the, um, the valiant orders here a great favor. Roll a persuasion check. He looks to you guys. He says. Valiant Otis. Well, look, I'm um, I'm a very busy man. And you look around and you can see there's no one at the bar. And he says, extremely busy, in fact. I might just leave my ledger here as I go and tend some glasses on that side of the bar, if you don't mind, Mr. Halrod. And he gestures down towards the book with his eyes. Not at all. And you move past. Thorzite looks at you and says, that worked. What can we? Left his book. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> um, at that, you look at the book and you can see the last two patrons that seem to have signed in. You can see that they've named themselves Rob and Ben. I think... Change name for a woman. I, I think these are aliases. You assume correctly, but you do see that they have been allocated room three. Mm. They seem to be better at keeping their aliases than we are. I'm in the wrong party. I, I was sorry. No, I think I was the first slip up at the hanged man. The ledger says that they're in room three. Let's... Let's split the party up and see if we can find, see if we can locate someone. I'll send Thorzite upstairs with one of the tabaxi who wants to go. Just real quickly, because while we're looking at the ledger, does it say how many nights they're going to be here for? Uh, you saw that they checked in very early in the morning. Uh, there's no checkout time. Do we recognize any of the other names in the ledger? Roll a history check. Uh, no, you don't. Being new to this place, there's not many people that you do know. You can see locals. Mm. Um, you also see, like, amongst it, somebody like a, a town mayor or a town official that seems to have checked in and then two names down, like the the name of a local maiden. 
and you're like, okay, uh-huh. Like some stuff's going on in this little country town. But that's all you can gather from the ledger. Like this building is a two-story. It's two-story. The top story has balconies that lead into each room. Uh, the bottom story seems to be inn or tavern-like. Without any, like, negation. I'll go for We'll take the outside. Hi, Corgan and I will stay down here and see if we can see anything suspicious. As you both take a seat, the barkeep moves over towards you, the same one, and he says, I trust you found what you were looking for. Aye, I found what we're looking for. Very good. I took the liberty of ordering your old favourite and you watch as he moves over and gives you a massive pint of beer and he gives uh, Corgarth a massive pint of beer to Matt. Um, That's, I, that was your favourite when you used to raid through the militias? It, it was indeed, but since then I have now taken a sober stance. He watches Thorzite stands up on the table, gets his rapier out and just knocks it directly off, of the, <laughs> off onto the floor and it smashes across the glass. He looks to the barkeep and he says, he's sober, sober. Get him some milk. And you watch as he gets him some milk and it brings it to you. He says, common mistake. Well, given, given day, it's daytime, I much would have preferred apple juice, but milk will do. I did my best. And at that, we cut to outside. You guys begin scoping the room and you scope the area and you can see some balconies have open doors and some of them seem to be closed. Uh, roll an investigation check to see if you can check which one is number three. You are unable to, Felix. You're just watching... Everything that's happening in this town. You watch as a bee like buzzes past you and you just swat it like a cat would. As he does that, you watch as it lands on Key's shoulder and you just like slap him. And as you slap him, he looks towards you and you eventually point up to a building, the the building that you can see curtains sort of blowing out of the open balcony window or doorway. Tell you what, I'll let you leave this one, okay? Never get to leave. I'll hang by the window. You help yourself in, okay? Uh, uh, Using him as a springboard, leap up to the balcony. All right, roll an acrobatics check with advantage. All right, what does it look like as you majestically make your way up onto this balcony? Definitely. I use, as I grab onto the porch, handstand, and just slowly and gently with my core, put my feet onto the balcony ledge. As you move your way towards these curtains that seem to be billowing with a, a slow breeze that's permeating through the sun, beating down on your fur quite nicely, as the breeze moves past you, you get a scent. A familiar scent. A scent that you'd caught on the trees earlier, but that familiarity isn't from there. It's from earlier in your life. You smell mahogany. And you remember. That's what your brother smelt like. Your brother Flash. With that scent in your nostrils, what do you do? I'll... Stealthily just peer in, see what I can see in the room. Roll a perception check. You see two beds against the far wall, and in between them a door. Next to one of those beds, you can see a desk. And at that desk, you can see a figure sitting with legs up on the bed. And over on the other side of the room, you can see a slumped figure, and there is a red stain on top of the wall that seems to slide down to where that figure lays. You can see that the bed sheets on the left bed are completely covered in blood, and there are slashes all through the room, three slashes, very recent, within the last hour. As you look at this figure, you can see their hood is down, and you can see that there are two ears permeating from their head, two black ears pointed. One of them turns towards your direction. Flash? Is it you? You know I hate that name. Ah, come on. My brothers! Come give me a hug. 
he stands up and as he stands up, you can see this robed figure angly and lean uh, in that way. Uh, you can see that his face is, he's got black fur and you can see that these yellow eyes pierce you and he's looking at you, he's got a stern expression. Uh, something new on his face that you don't remember him having when you saw him, you see this large gash across his nose. As he looks towards you, he says, and he opens his arms and he says, brother. I go for a hug. He gives you a hug. Been many years. Has. Mom's been so worried. I have a letter. She said that she hasn't heard from me. So maybe you should write her. Just let her know you're okay. It's on my to-do list. Okay. As long what are you, you doing here? Well, uh, we're on this quest. I've got a couple of friends. Yeah. She'd be one of them. I'll go get him. And then, and then we can tell you what's going on. Why don't we have a conversation here first? Oh, okay. So, uh. What so, are you doing here? Well, uh, long story. So we're in the village and then mm -hmm. um, I met a friend and he wanted to go on an adventure. You know what? I might go with him. It's been a while in this village. He uh, stretched my legs. So we left and went on many adventures, fought heaps of monsters and creatures. And then, then we got uh, to the city, big and new, so many smells. I mean, why are you coming to this village? Why are you following them? And he points to the body on the ground that you have, see has his throat completely ripped out by claws. See, uh, they have something I know. you want. Why do you want it? Because uh, I want it too. Maybe we can help each other. I don't think our interests are aligned. Sure. Too different. I don't like the fact that you do this. No. Inside check. You've heard your brother lie to you. Even though you haven't seen him for 10, 15 years, he side eyes just in that way that says, I'm fucking lying. <laughs> um, look, Felix, you need to get away from those people. Uh, not with those people. No, the people you're traveling with. You need to walk back down this mountain and never talk to them again. They're going to lead you into trouble. I'm going to turn out to the window and I don't care if you attack me or anything. I'm going to yell out to Key like, uh, Key, I'm going to need some help up here. All right, on my way up. As you turn around, you hear the door open and then close. And she's not there. Key, roll an acrobatics check. You sort of look half-heartedly at your, your statue and you put it away as you begin climbing. Uh, you slip a little bit, but you eventually make your way up there. It takes you longer than usual, probably about 15 seconds as opposed to five. But you get up and you see the same sight. You can see a body up against the wall that seems to be slumped down, covered in red blood. The sheets all covered as well. Can I roll a insight to see if I can't work out from what I can see has taken place? I'd say you can without a roll. Without a roll. You would know that okay. something has, like somebody's been murdered in here. There's only one body and one sign. Yeah. And you can see that there is a, a chair, a jar from the desk that seems to have been recently exited. And you look around and you can see Felix is looking as if like he's looking for something or someone that's not there anymore. And the door's just creaking. Someone was clearly here. And we have to chase them and they're going down. Do you know who this person is? Uh, my brother. Brother? I uh, know you've had a brother. Yeah, Flash. Flash? Yeah, that's it's a flashy been, name. Yeah, it's been a long time. But we should probably get after him. Uh, he did this and there's something wrong with him. I don't know why he... Right. So, um, are we attacking him or no? Uh, I'll him, hopefully. Let's go. I'll take the lead. 
All right, you bust out the door, and as you do, uh, you can see that the hall leads into like a T intersection, and as you immediately exit, there's a way to the left and a way to the right, and the way to the right leads down a staircase that goes into the tavern. You can hear tavern noises down below. To the left, you can see what looks like there was an open window there. The curtains are blowing in the breeze. What would you like to do? I make a move for the window. Uh, As you make your way to the window, key in tow with you, you make your way to the sill, and you can see that there is scoring on there as if somebody sort of leapt over as if they're leaping over a fence uh, and the, the scent sort of dissipates as it gets caught in the wind and blows out. You know he's gone that way. But as you look and scan the streets, you don't seem to see him. What would you like to do? I think this is our only lead that we've got at the moment. We can. The room will always be there. Unless, of course, one of us stays and tells the other guys to investigate the room and the other one gives chase. I just, I just don't think you should go, mate. All right, let's go. Roll an acrobatics check to leap out the window. All right, both of you are able to leap off of the canvas below, bounce and land in the street. Uh, as you look around, you can see that there is a variety of village sort of uh, village style huts that's, that may have been used, but you can maneuver your way through those. And as you do, you're sort of skulking the street to try and find any sort of indication of, of tracks. So both of you roll survival checks, please. Okay, so you are able to catch onto that scent once more and you can see that they, they move in a northerly direction. And as you move through a northerly direction, you get to the end of the village where you can see a field of, of crops, basically, that seem to be obscuring your vision. And through that crop, you can see what looks like a recently opened gap as if somebody's just run through there. Um, do you pursue? This is probably about 50 metres away from the tavern you were just at. So you've got his scent? I do. Which way did it go? You look through the field and you can see that this field backs onto a mountainous path that seems to lead up into a a mountain off in the distance that goes into the clouds. Well, if we've got a scent, we've got a chance. So we we, we keep gaining, gaining chase on him until we lose that scent. Are you going? We're going. All right. Roll a survival check to navigate your way through the crop. Um, you're taking Kitten's lead on this. You're taking Felix's lead. As you begin making your way through the crop, you beeline in the direction that you're following this scent on. At that, we'll cut back to the two individuals in the tavern. You watch as Thorzite sort of begins tapping the table and he says, they're, they're taking a while. I was thinking that. Maybe we should check the room. Something might have gone wrong. Let's do it. Uh, Let's take the stairs and go in through the front door. I'm not exactly athletic. I'll take up the, I'll take up the rear. I'll make sure that your backs are covered. Get up, head towards, uh, head up the stairs towards the room. Okay. Uh, Do we notice the doors open? You immediately notice the doors open and the window to the very end of the corridor is open, breeze flapping the curtains. And you watch as Thorzite says, Great, Harden's going to have our ass. We've lost the criminals. Uh, uh, they might still be here investigating the room. Key, Felix, are you here? Crickets. No one. Harden's going to have our ass. <laughs> well, if maybe if we get the box, we won't get fired. Now, this is definitely not your fault, Halrod. Oh, not this again, Thorzite. <laughs> Look... You know what I say all the time. You make your own luck. This is not your fault. See, if you were listening downstairs in a tavern, I said to you to go with the tabaxi, but no, you didn't listen, did you? You were just thinking about the mead again. Look, sometimes you need a strong presence to make sure you don't fall off the wagon. I had a strong presence. He's giant and blue. What do you want from me? I don't. Strength of will and strength of arm are two different things. Okay? I'm your sponsor. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) He looks towards you and he says, now, should we check out the room? I should check out the room. I don't regret my decision to stay. You needed me. That's what I'm here for. You're hearing this bickering and Korgarth, how are you reacting to it? 
I'm your sponsor. Light <laughs> smile comes across my face, hearing the two of them pick up. Not to let on that I'm growing a little bit soft, but just enough. And as you do, and the and the three of you begin moving down the hallway, you beeline for the room, and as you open it, you see the bloodbath that is within along the right-hand side of the room to you guys, having entered from the opposite side. And uh, what would you like to do as you, you enter the room? You can uh, see the body slumped along the floor. I'd like to investigate the body and... Yep, roll an investigation check. What are you doing, Hellrod? I'm checking um, around the furniture to see if there's... The, the iron box is anywhere. All right. Roll an investigation check for the room. You listen as Thorzite looks around the room and says, I'll, I'll guard the door. Okay. So as you look through the body and the pockets of uh, this individual, Korga, you pull the sleeve down and you can see a tattoo of an open palm and an eye. You can see that this uh, gentleman had a bald head and a scar across one eye. Uh, and you can see that he's been completely disarmed. Uh, weapons gone. He has four gold in his pouch and a silver ring on one of his fingers. Nothing of value was taken, uh, so you can assume this was not a robbery of any any kind off of his body. As you, Halrod, begin tossing the room, turning mattresses over, beds looking in between desks, you can see that the iron box is nowhere to be seen. But inside one of the desk drawers, you do see a piece of parchment that seems to be folded and stained with blood as if somebody's been grasping it while they... Um, either had blood on their hands or were bleeding. You look towards the body and you can see massive gash marks across the throat, three slits that seem to have cut off his airway and the blood loss would have done it if the suffocation didn't. Halrod. I found a, found a nod on a parchment over here. No box. Read it out. Let's hear it. As you open it up, uh, you can see that it is not a note. It is a map that seems to lead uh, up the mountain pass and lead to what looks like a structure. It's probably about a day or so away. It's a, it's a map. It leads to a structure of the mountain. Do you recognize this mountain structure being from the area? Roll a religion check with advantage. You know that in times of extreme desperation, people from this village used to make the trek up the mountain to talk to essentially an oracle or a very powerful magical being that dwells within the mountains that knows a lot about Arcana. Some say that can see the future. People have gone to war in issues of fertility, but it's seen to be like a very taboo thing to do and stepping away from Mardol's blessing and moving more towards the arcane sway. Mm -hmm. The power in this village of this person that's presumed to be up there is met with extreme caution. So I relay that to um, Korga. What have you found, Korga? Dead body looks, throat's been clawed out. You can say that again. <laughs> He's holding in a spew. This was either one of our companions or something really bad has gone on here. I don't want to think ill of our tabaxi companions, but didn't we see a clawed figure following us on the footpath and they pursued him through the trees? This is true, but I'm still not quite sure about the bloke with key. Let's seems a bit too positive. Very very happy. He smiles too much. We should head we should we should check the window and then see if You mean the window to the balcony? The open window we saw leading into the room. It's a little bit too cold for a window to be open. Oh the one down the corridor. Alright, you make your way down to that corridor and as you look down without even a check, you can see 
four paw prints that seem to have landed with impact on the ground right next to each other. Well, at least we know where they're at. Well, where did they go? You you can't tell from here. Um, Thorsite looks and says, wow, we, we need to get down there quick. We need to find a, a quick way down well, to see where they've gone. Well, after you. Haha. <laughs> ah, I'm a little guy. This is a big fall. Why don't you make your way out the window? I'll sling around and, and meet you from the front. And he goes to turn away. As he turns away, I grab the, co- the scruff of his collar and the waistband of his pants and geek him out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll an athletics check for me, please. All right, you are able to throw him in the direction you intended and from the side of the actual inn, all you see is just an open window, curtains billowing in the distance and then this gnome jettisoned from the window and all you hear is this Wilhelm scream like, <laughs> as he hits the floor, does a roll and you watch as he tumbles into a post, crushes his sort of side and he sort of gets up and he says, <laughs> points to the floor and he goes, that works. Looking at Halrod, you next. I'll make my own way down. Thank you very much. Suit yourself. I want to jump out the window. All right. Athletics check. All right. You're able to scale down and jump. You leave an impact as well. Are you jumping as well? I'll jump. All right. You jump, take your shield out, and you slide down the open canopy that's below and land directly next to him. Impressive. And click in the air as you land. (laughs) Um, At that, you make your way over to Thorzite. And I need you all to make survival checks to see if you can track your companion. 14. 11. All right. So following Halrod, you're able to follow the swift movements of your um, companions that seem to have been moving for speed and not for stealth. Uh, And as you do, you track them to the edge of a cornfield and you can see three holes in the cornfield where they seem to have gone through. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes. And make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes, and giveaways. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember, share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories, geeks out over narrative roleplay, and loves D&D. We'll see you next time.